lived up to our potential and managed our resources so well that we could provide for ourselves, our families, and our communities in a meaningful and substantial way. Join Step Right with Lynn, the show dedicated to empowering socially conscious individuals to manage their financial resources for the benefit of themselves, their families, and the greater community. Here's Lynn Wedham, Certified Financial Planner and Managing Partner at Step Right Capital Planning. Good morning, everyone. It's great to be back with you again today. This is Step Right with Lynn, the radio show dedicated to empowering socially conscious individuals to manage their financial resources for the benefit of themselves, their families, and the greater community. Remember, I welcome your thoughts and questions, and you can receive a copy of Have You Filled a Bucket Today by Carol McLeod. This is a guide to daily happiness for children. I think there's a child in your life that would love to receive this book. Uh, you can join us by telephone at 613-800-8736 in Canada. That's 613-800-8736 in Canada. And in the U.S., that number is 815-880-8255. You can join us by live chat by going to the A to Zen website. That's A number 2, Z-E-N website, and clicking on chat in the main menu. Type your name or a nickname and click on Login. Feel free to call in with information about any fundraisers that you're involved in that you'd like to uh, see promoted on the show. Uh, today, I'd also like to invite you to complete uh, the following statement. So join us in uh, one of the ways that we just mentioned and complete the following statement. If giving and gratitude are a part of my daily life, then every single day, then, and, and complete that sentence. So again, that statement is, if giving and gratitude are a part of my daily life every single day, then. Uh, you can complete that statement by live chat by going again to the A to Zen website, uh, and we'll see your answer right away. Or you can email me at lynn at stepright.ca, that's L-Y-N-N, at stepright, S-T-E-P-R-I-G-H-T dot C-A. So that's lynn at stepright dot C-A. And I'm offering to send you a copy of the Have You Filled Your Bucket Today um, book as well for your help in completing that statement. Uh, so be sure to include your mailing address so I can send that to you. Um, so that statement again is, if giving and gratitude are a part of my daily life every single day, then... I'm really excited to hear how you'll fill in uh, that sentence. So our show today is called The Joys and Responsibilities of Complicated Kids. I'm pleased to have as our guest today Barry Ames. Uh, Barry started his career with the CIBC and spent 20 years serving customers of the CIBC. Um, Barry joined Stepright Capital Planning in 2007 to further his financial planning career. He joined, uh, he recognized that StepRight was a company that abided by high ethical standards and helped people maximize the money they set aside for their future and that of their loved ones. It is Barry's goal to use his skills as a certified financial planner as part of a company who has their client's best interest at heart, and StepRight was the fit. Clients who are in the stage of pre-retirement and retirement gravitate towards Barry and seek his advice with their financial planning requirements because of his down-to-earth and approachable manner. 
Barry works side-by-side with his clients to help them understand financial concepts in a simple, straightforward manner. He assures them that he will be with them, helping them to address the changes in their lives that will affect their financial future. Barry understands unique family situations as he has three children, one of whom has autism. He's learned from dealing with a child with special needs that planning for the unexpected is something that every person needs to do. Barry is passionate about assisting families with complicated kids, as he calls them, helping them deal not only with their current needs, but also those that may arise in the future. Barry is a member of the Paris Chamber of Commerce and enjoys working with, uh, with his clients to assist them to build their financial security step by step. Barry and I will discuss the joys and challenges of loving and caring for a special needs child. Barry is committed to ensuring that his clients with complicated kids are aware of the financial assistance available to them. Uh, We'll talk about resources available for parents to access in the early overwhelming days of diagnosis uh, to savings products such as registered disability savings plans and on to special estate planning needs of these families. Um, So, Barry, how are you this morning? Good morning, Lynn. Very well, thanks. Well, not uh, really well. I'm working on a cold. Yeah, so he was working on his his deep radio voice. I told him yesterday because he had a, a very a very uh, deep voice dealing with the cold. And we've got a little bit of, of freezing rain challenges here in in uh, southwestern Ontario and in St. George Day, but uh, not a bad day because the temperature is a little bit uh, the temperature is supposed to rise. So hopefully it won't be too bad. So, Barry, tell us a bit about yourself. Um, you live in Paris, Ontario. Have you always lived in Paris? Well, thank you, Lynn. I, I always enjoy the opportunity to uh, wave the banner of complicated kids, as I call them, and I do appreciate being a guest on your program today. Uh, yes, I do have deep roots in the local community, and I, I have always lived in the area. Paris was the first home of my mother and dad many years ago, uh, I lived there as a small boy, and then on to Cambridge, just a few a few miles north, and then finally to St. George during my high school years. I raised my family in Cambridge and worked with CIBC, as you mentioned, as a financial advisor during that period as well. I then returned to Paris uh, just about two years ago. I guess I've never ventured too far from home. <laughs> so tell us about your family, Barry. Well, I was a late bloomer. Um, I have, as you mentioned, I do have three children. They range in age from 11 to 19. My oldest is is finished school, and my youngest attends Blair Road School in Cambridge. And you mentioned that I have a son with autism, and that would be my son, Mark. Uh, Mark is 17 years of age, and he was diagnosed with autism before his third birthday. Okay. Um, Can you describe to us what uh, life with Mark is like? (laughs) There's no question that having an autistic child presents a real different set of challenges, Lynn, uh, not only for their parents, but for the entire family dynamic. In Mark's case, we knew that something was up when he was quite young. Uh, when I would walk into a walk into a room, Mark, Mark would look right past me. If you called his name, he, he wouldn't give you that quick acknowledgement, that quick turn of the head. Um, We knew that Mark wasn't deaf. His favorite television show at the time was Barney. And if Barney came on in the next room, um, he'd quickly run to watch it. But he he wasn't at all receptive. Uh, 
autism is seen as a spectrum disorder and just like a light spectrum there are varying degrees of of, uh, of autism there are individuals who are identified as autistic who might appear just a little quirky or out of sorts but they're able to maintain careers and healthy relationships with others uh, mark is clearly at the other end of that spectrum he's severely autistic he is nonverbal and he doesn't understand sign language as parents as mother and i got to know what mark wanted much as you would an infant by process of elimination uh, for instance if he was upset we might determine that okay he's he's not hungry he's not thirsty he's not tired maybe he's just bored and is looking for some stimulation or some or diversion uh, process of elimination and, and trial trial and error was was how we handled things uh, a great deal when he was younger mm -hmm. uh, mark has always attended a segregated class in the public school system in cambridge he's now in a in a high school setting in a in a class with a small number of classmates that have similar challenges uh, he's very much encouraged to test his limits um, for mark what that means is to be taken on class trips to the local grocery store or for walks in the park mark has uh, he has a little a little very little sense of social skills lynn so a good part of his school day is spent reinforcing and repeating the real basics and for Mark, that might mean to help load groceries onto a checkout belt in a grocery store, or it might mean practicing standing in line, because often you're with your mom and with your or with your dad, and you have to do that. You have to stand in line. And with Mark, if these basic behaviors can be reinforced, it helps everyone, not just Mark, but his workers and his uh, his family alike. Okay, what 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 kind of things does Mark like? <coughs> Mark Mark thrives on routine. Um, think of a nonverbal son or daughter um, with a day filled with lots of confusion, lots of noise, and a language that you just don't understand. So for Mark, chaos and rain. Routine helps Mark put order to his world. And that routine may show up. It may manifest itself in with repetitive activities that he might engage in again and again and again or just in the joy of watching the same Disney movie over and over and over. His brother and sister, when they were, when, when Mark was younger, uh, it got to the point where I think they knew the, uh, the Lion King movie and many of the others off by, off by heart. Mm -hmm. and, and certainly Mark, too, he's seen lots of those movies many, many times. And, and if he could speak the words, I'm sure he, too, would, recite, would uh, recite them line by line. Um, it really does help put some predictability into an otherwise unpredictable world for Mark. Mm -hmm. um, as with many 17-year-old boys, Mark too has a healthy appetite, or hearty appetite rather, but his choice of foods, they might change from week to week. I've seen Mark eat nothing but bananas for a week straight, and then perhaps not touch them for a month or two. It's very much a guessing game. Uh, Mark's visual senses are also quite quite heightened. It would not be uncommon to see him squint his eyes to look at the glint of new snow or at the sparkle of Christmas lights, anything uh, uh, visually stimulating like that. Okay. Um, I remember you once mentioning to me uh, about Mark's uh, love of water. Um, can you 
tell us a, a bit about uh, the pool in your backyard and and uh, and also some of the other things that that, that attraction to water has meant. Well, for when you when you think of uh, being in a pool on a on a sunny day, you get that the reflection of the the reflection off of, off of the surface of the water and and the glint from the from the from the water drops from the splashing and carrying on. Mark loves that, always has. Um, so from when he was a real toddler, there has always been a pool of one type or another in his in his backyard. Um, <coughs> as far as as far as the, the the nature of that water, I mean, it, he would love nothing more on a on a rainy day than to on a with a warm thunder shower in the middle of July. He would lo- love nothing more than to stand out in that in that water mm-hmm. and uh, and play in it. He's just enthralled by it. Uh, something we also found out was that when you're one of the joys of being able to play around in a pool with your brother and your sister, when there's a whole lot of horseplay and splashing going on, communication isn't required. No words are needed. Mm-hmm. So that has been one way that he could that he could really uh, bond and, and help develop a, a relationship with his brother and sister. Right. Um... I remember are you telling me some stories about the shower as well. Was it the sh- the shower or um we the 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 house had a, as as many homes do a handheld shower and Mark would would be so enamored with how those water droplets looked that he could care less as to where they where they landed whether they might land inside the shower on the floor out the window, on the opposite wall, or wherever it might be. Yeah. So, water has certainly has certainly been a challenge. It's been it's been a good deal of fun, but it's been a challenge for Mark just the same. Right. So a joy and a challenge, which is just what we're talking about today. Absolutely. And yeah. Yeah. So, um, we'll when we come back from break we're going to talk about some of the things that that mark dislikes as well so um we'll go to break now and uh we'll uh continue our our chat with with Barry after the break is there a contribution that you dream of making in society planned giving seems to be presented as something you do once you're incredibly wealthy or planning your estate Step Right with Lynn focuses on good money in your contribution at every step based on the issues important to you. Learn how to expand the goodness around you and take responsibility for the issues important to you. Tune in for Step Right with Lynn every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Central Time, 7 a.m. Mountain Time, and 6 a.m. Pacific Time on AtoZen.fm. Step Right with Lynn. Lynn Wedham is a certified financial planner. To participate in the program today, please call toll-free in the U.S. 815-880-8255. That's 815-880-TALK. Or in Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at atizen.fm. You can also make the choices to ask or comment by email by sending to lynn at stepright.ca. Now, back to the program. We're back. The 
This is Step Right with Lynn, the show dedicated to empowering socially conscious individuals to manage their financial resources for the benefit of themselves, their families, and the greater community. Uh, remember that you can join the conversation today. You can call in. In Canada, that number is 613-800-8736. South of the border, it's 815-880-8255. Or join the online chat by going to the a2zen.fm website. That's a number 2 zenfm website. Click on chat in the main menu. Type your first name or a nickname and click on log in. And today, if you ask a question or complete the statement, if giving and gratitude are a part of your daily life every single day, then, and fill in that blank, I'll send you a copy of the book, Have You Filled a Bucket Today? Uh, I'd also like to remind you that if you're involved in an upcoming fundraising activity, I'd be glad to mention it on the show, or you could call in and tell us about it. Uh, The show today is called The Joys and Responsibilities of Complicated Kids. I'm speaking with Barry Ames. He's been telling us about his uh, son, Mark, um, and some of the the challenges um, that... uh, that he has and some of the joys and and things. Um, So we've been talking about things that that Mark has liked. Um, Now I'd like to ask you, Barry, what are some of the things that Mark dislikes? Um, Certainly Mark uh, dislikes busy locations and loud noises. Like I said, language helps put order to our world, and if you don't understand the language, it's just noise. Uh, so if his, let's say his brother and sister, they might enjoy walking through the midway at the the local fall fair, but that same experience for Mark would just be torturous if you had vendors calling out to try this game and that game, and you can overhear children laughing, children screaming, uh, mums scolding children. With with Mark, there. With autism, there's seldom much of a filter to be able to filter out a lot of those background noises. So as a result, he can then be easily uh, overwhelmed with too many sounds and too many stimulations. So we try to work with Mark to slowly give him more exposure to different things. But that, Lynn, is a, it, it's a real challenge. Um, mm-hmm. And sometimes the challenge is that you don't know what might trigger a meltdown, as as we call it. Uh, a visit to the shopping mall might be fine today, but tomorrow might be might mean some mood swings, some uh, uncontrollable uh, tears and frustrations. So mm-hmm. it it it's a uh, it can be a challenge. Yeah. So what are the, what are the challenges that you're dealing with at this stage of Mark's life? Well. Those challenges have certainly changed over the time, but what has not changed is that Mark has no sense of consequences. Uh, If Mark thinks that the warm glow of a hot burner on the stove looks inviting, uh, he's been known to place his hand on it to the point of blisters. Wow. And whereas most children would remember that experience and think, gosh, I touched it once, I'm not going to touch it again, in Mark, in Mark's case, unfortunately, he doesn't re- retain that information the same way, doesn't see that whole cause and effect, and so he can easily put himself in harm's way again and again and again. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark would 
venture into traffic if he were able. So as a result, his his uh, his home his home is locked up like uh, like Fort Knox. Uh, exterior doors are locked from the inside with combination locks, and the uh, the yard is fenced to help ensure his his safety. Um, when Mark was a toddler, <laughs> I was told the story of a of a friend of mine who had a son of his own with autism. This family lived in a two-story home, and one day the neighbor called to say that their son was trying to escape. Oh and sure enough, the six-year-old boy had pushed out the screen on his uh, on his bedroom window up on the second floor and was mm-hmm. sitting side-saddle on the window ledge, throwing out bed sheets and stuffed animals to the ground below. Wow. Just as with Mark, this boy had no inclination of the danger that he that he faced if he were to uh, to tumble out the window. Uh, Mark's very much in the same boat. So needless to say, Mark's bedroom window was then reinforced from the outside. It might look like he's in jail, but it helps keep him safe. Right. Uh, just last month, uh, when you talk challenges, we just last month we had a telephone call from his school there in Cambridge saying that Mark had gone astray during an outdoor activity and that the school officials didn't know where he was, and they had called 911. Mm. And as a parent, your your heart sinks, uh, wondering what his, what's become of him. Uh, Mark's mm-hmm. school in Cambridge backs onto a river, and my thoughts immediately turned to tragedies that unfolded both in the nearby village of New Hamburg as well as in New York City over Christmas. In both of those cases, autistic boys wandered away with tragic consequences. Uh, fortunately for us, Mark was found wandering wandering the streets just a few blocks away from school. Uh, he was in his sock feet, and certainly he was cold, but he was otherwise unharmed. Yeah, and, and you you said that would be because, I think you told me, because once his socks were, or, or why why was it that he would take off his shoes? As a, as a, as kids, we've all gone walked through deep snow and had that lump of snow that has gone into our boots, and we'd we'd uh, take the boots off and shake the snow out. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm guessing perhaps Mark did the same sort of thing, but I guess the, the whole business about lack of appreciation of consequences. He took his boots off, but didn't appreciate that. Wow, my feet are going to get cold if I don't put these back on. Right, right. So what challenges do you see on the horizon for Mark? Well, I believe you have girls, Lynn. Yes, I do. I have yeah. four daughters. No. When your own girls were were young, you could easily scoop them up when they were toddlers and move them out of harm's way. Mm-hmm. As an adult and with the absence of speech, I can't do I can't deal with Mark in that same fashion. Mm-hmm. And uh unfortunately while we make some progress with Mark, we continue to lurch ahead with that progress crisis after crisis. The challenge is, is that children with autism become adults with autism. Uh the wandering off that he does now at 17 years of age might continue when he's 37, 57 or 77 years of age. That part is not going to change. So then, mm-hmm. when you talk about challenges, keeping him safe is going to be paramount. And how we look to achieve that safety 
that's going to change over time. Uh, technology is 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 wonderful. There are things that are available now that uh, I shake my head at. And gosh, if a if a parent can help program their home to alert them when a son or daughter arrives home from school, surely a tracking device is available so that Mark's mother or I could turn to a smartphone to check on his on his well-being. Uh, the challenge, as is often the case, is dollars and funding. Uh, when Mark was diagnosed, approximately one in 400 children were seen as being on the autism spectrum. He's only 17. So 17 years later, that figure has jumped from one in 400 to as much as, as one in 50. Mm-hmm. So that's a huge increase in the prevalence of autism, and, and that puts a tremendous strain on the resources that are available to support families like Mark's. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So one of the next challenges that, that we'll be facing will be will be housing needs. The time will come when it will be appropriate for Mark to live in a, in a group home or some sort of assisted living facility of one type or another. Uh, and there again, the provincial funding model um, for, for housing continues to change from year to year. And it can be scary to think of what that might look like for Mark in the not so distant future. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, when when I think about kids, I I think that kids are uh, all kids are pretty complicated from time to time. Um, tell us a bit more about why you why you call um, these kids complicated kids, and <laughs> and which children you'd include in that. Um, Excuse me. Um, <laughs> I guess as Mark's dad, I, I've always liked the sound of complicated rather than handicapped or, or delayed. Uh, and in my experience, having a child with a developmental delay that's presented in the way that it has with, with Mark has meant a different dynamic, a, a complicated dynamic, not only between Mark and his mother and I, but Mark and his brother, Mark and his sister. Mark in the school community, Mark in the and the, the neighbor and the neighbors. It's a different sort of uh, different sort of overlay than is the case for a otherwise unchallenged son or daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, when Mark was younger, it became complicated, so to speak, if his siblings wanted to go to say African Lion Safari for a family outing. We knew that the confinement uh, of going to a local local game park would be too much for Mark. Um, mm-hmm. So there's, I would say there's been a great deal of, sat- of, of uh, sacrifices on, on all parts. Mark has taught his siblings and his mother and I and his neighbors a, a great deal about patience, a great deal about understanding, but no question that's come at a price. Uh, some things are really, really difficult for Mark. Yeah, and I would say even the um, you know, having the home locked up, I'm sure, affects the rest of the family um, to some Absolutely. degree as well. Yeah. Absolutely. When you've got a, a um, an 11-year-old daughter that wants to have friends over, but they have to uh, they have to understand the the intricacies of how they go about letting themselves in and out of the out of the out of the mm-hmm. home. Um, and make sure an adult is aware that that door can be readily locked behind them again. Uh, it's a it's an added stressor that most young most young children don't don't deal with when it comes to their to their brothers or sisters. Yeah, 
And uh, when you mentioned the the neighbors, what um, how does it affect the neighbors? Most of the neighbors have been very very uh, receptive of uh, of Mark. Uh, I'm, I mentioned a little bit. I touched on a little bit some of the social the social skills that Mark just doesn't have, uh, and and certainly when it comes to comes to the, the safety the, the safety issues. Um, we were blessed to have to be in a neighborhood with some neighbors that were very welcoming of Mark, uh, and would be extended eyes and ears in the event that Mark. Uh, Broke out of the house, so to speak, mm-hmm. and uh, and would would help take him under their under their wing as well. Um, nobody saw the challenges firsthand to the degree that uh, that a lot of neighbors did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so when we come back from break, Barry, um, I'm going to ask you. Uh, to discuss the needs of families with uh, with complicated kids and um, and some of the resources that uh, are available to them uh, in in meeting some of those challenges. Um, so we're ready to go to a break now, and uh, and we'll continue with this uh, after the break. Is there a contribution that you dream of making? In society, planned giving seems to be presented as something you do once you're incredibly wealthy or planning your estate. Step Right with Lynn focuses on good money management and planning your contribution at every step based on the issues important to you. Learn how to expand the goodness around you and take responsibility for the issues important to you. Tune in for Step Right with Lynn every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Central Time, 7 a.m. Mountain Time, and 6 a.m. Pacific Time on A to Zen.fm. This is Step Right with Lynn. Lynn Wedham is a certified financial planner. To participate in the program today, please call toll-free in the U.S. 815-880-8255. That's 815-880-TALK. Or in Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at atizen.fm. You can also make the choices to ask or comment by email by sending to lynn at stepright.ca. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to the Joys and Responsibilities of Complicated Kids with Barry Ames. Um, This is part of Step Right with Lynn, the radio show dedicated to empowering socially conscious individuals to manage their financial resources for the benefit of themselves, their families, and the greater community. Um, Barry's been sharing with with us a a bit about um, complicated kids and why he... um, why he calls complicated kids complicated kids uh, by describing, um, you know, a bit about um, living with his uh, his son Mark and how that affects um, the family and um, and Mark's safety and some of those challenges. Uh, we'd love to have you join us. I'd love to send you a copy of Have You Filled a Bucket Today as a gift uh, for a special small person in your life. Um, if you join the chat from the A to Zen website, or if you call in, in Canada, that's 613-800-8736. Be sure to also send me an email at lynn at stepright.ca. 
um, and provide your mailing address so we can send you a copy of the bucket filling book. Uh, that's Lynn at Stepright, L-Y-N-N at Stepright, S-T-E-P-R-I-G-H-T dot C-A. Um, so, Barry, um, now that we're, um, you know, we've, we've discussed um, some of the challenges, um, let's discuss the needs of the families of complicated kids, sort of in a chronological way, if you can. Um, what are the needs of families, uh, for instance, when a child is first diagnosed? Well, Lynn, every community has a, an umbrella organization which will help provide initial support for families. Um, the challenge is that there is often a network of those agencies involved, and if parents aren't well connected, <laughs> that referral system organization to organization may may lead the mums and dads feeling like a um, a ball in a pinball machine. Getting that initial diagnosis is very very important. Getting well connected is very very important. In my experience, I've run across a number of families that were concerned about labeling their their children and hold, um, the concern that a diagnosis might otherwise hold their son or daughter back. Uh, I think that most families that have a complicated kid, as I call them, now recognize that that label or diagnosis is absolutely critical to opening doors and, uh, and helping to uh, to attract funding. So, so like I said, um, get connected, get involved. Yes, and I would think because um, because every child is so different, the resources that they need would be different for each child. You know, so oh, it's not absolutely. like so it's not like there's just one list, and these are the people you call. You don't know who you need until you know you need them. No, um, that's right. As yeah. as parents, we we don't know what we don't know, and so you very much. Uh, um, you very much rely on those professionals um, to to help navigate that uh, that mm -hmm. system. So, what organizations do give support to families at this stage? Well, locally here in the in the in the in the Brant County area, um, contact Brant and Lansdowne Children's Center both offer tremendous supports to to families. In the Cambridge area, uh, Development, Developmental Services Act, uh, Resource Center. They provide a, a similar service, and in both cases, in, in the Brantford and, and Cambridge communities, what that organization is doing is helping be a, a one-stop shop and ideally then liaising with other service organizations, other government agencies, and helping to provide that uh, initial intake of the son or daughter that need. Um, like I said, uh, Parents have to get involved. They have to get engaged. And at the time that you're faced with a with a diagnosis, when you know that your son or daughter has a challenge of of one type or another, it can sometimes seem like a lonely path that uh, that uh, that you're traveling. And uh, parents need to be mindful that there are many many others who have walked that path before them. Mm -hmm. uh, I mentioned technology earlier, and, and certainly in this day and age. I encourage folks to, to seek out the Facebook pages, the community support groups, and others that uh, that can assist them to help navigate what can otherwise seem as some pretty uh, some pretty murky waters. Mm -hmm. 
So could you describe then the next stage when parents uh, and families have discovered their, their child's strengths and weaknesses, um, what support might they require at that stage? Well, there again, that's going to be very much dependent upon the nature of the child's complication. Uh, supports might be by way of speech and language therapy, uh, perhaps an augmentative communication device, or for those with physical ailments, there may be referrals to a to a, a therapist for a therapy pool to assist with strength and coordination when crawling or when walking. It really, really does run the gamut. In our case with Mark, our single biggest success was with the implementation of something that is called Intensive Behavioral Intervention, or, or IBI. Uh, this was spearheaded by an organization called uh, Aaron Oak Treatment Center out of Oakville. And in our case, therapists helped work with Mark in the, in the house, in his home, to help develop a system of communication in the absence of speech. Like I said, that was my experience. Um, everyone else's experience is going to be different depending upon the nature of the, of the, of the challenge. Mm-hmm. Now, I attended a fundraiser with you last fall for a group called Facile. Um, yes. You're the MC, um, and actually that's where I met Cav- Kevin uh, La Liberté, who's the composer and performer that you hear in the introduction of the show. Um, he was performing that evening with some other musicians. Would you tell us about a bit about um, the Facile group and the work that's being done there? Well, Facile is a great organization, Lynn, and I'm really proud to be associated with. Uh, Facile is spearheaded by a man by the name of John Lord of a group called the New Story Group. Uh, For decades, John Lord's mission had been to help use research and education to help create some real positive change in human services and in the communities so that challenged sons or daughters could help be fully engaged, be real full citizens in the in, in the community. Uh, inclusion and belonging are really central to what Facile is, is all about. In fact, that's how the name was born. It's about independent facilitation. So Lynn, what that means is that uh, with the Facile group, a facilitator would assist a person with a disability in helping to build a life in the community. Uh, in the case of John Lord, uh, John has an adult daughter with Down syndrome, and his daughter had always had always wanted to be a yoga instructor, but she was often overwhelmed when she attended lessons on her own. So John and his wife made arrangements with a young lady to work with their daughter, and the, this lady partnered with their with their daughter and helped her with the yoga lessons. So now the daughter is now in fact a certified yoga instructor. She can run mm-hmm. classes of her. She can now run classes of her own, charge a fee, just like anybody else. Um, so it was all about that that engagement. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, Lynn, I mentioned Down syndrome. Any idea where that name came from? No, I I don't. Um, uh, here's your tidbit of trivia for the day. Okay. Uh, although Down syndrome wasn't identified as as a real chromosomal condition until 1959. It was identified as something distinct years previous by a man named John Langdon Down, and that was back mm. in the 1800s. Wow! Mm. So there is quite a history there. So where did they come up? Where they come up with the name for Facile? Well, we felt that the name Facile really spoke to that whole independent facilitation that was at work. 
Um, it's independent in that it's driven by the individual, not by the organization. Um, and like I said, we look to help assist that person be really engaged in the community in which they live. Um, that might look then like uh, helping to nurture friendships, helping develop networks of support. It's far more than just taking out grocery shopping or going bowling with them once a week. Um, the facilitation occurs with facilitators who help to then assist those people with their with their families uh, to help navigate services, navigate the supports and the community resources, and allow that person to then make uh, have more control over their life. And then lastly, you mentioned Kevin Liberté. He is a talented musician, um, and that was a fundraiser at the Jazz Room in Waterloo. I know it's only March, Lynn, but I will be looking forward to your support this year. Uh, Jazz Room is going to be having another fundraiser this coming November 18th, so it's not too early to mark your calendar. Great, great. (laughs) We'll have to to, uh, take note of that and get that on our calendars, make sure we attend that. Um, Now, I know that you advocate for your clients to make sure they're aware of certain financial opportunities. And what are some of the ways that you can help families in their their planning? Um, again, maybe we can start with the younger child and and work through the years as as different planning um, that you can help with. Well, we all know that it's expensive to raise kids, and uh, it's often extra expensive when raising a complicated kid. Uh, there are there depending upon the nature of the of the challenge, there may, might be extra medical costs involved, there might be uh, chair lifts required, wheelchairs, uh, uh, different therapies that that are otherwise out of pocket. Fortunately, the government recognizes some of these extra expenses that these families face, and as a result, there are a number of tax deductions and other savings vehicles that, that are available. So when I meet, a, when I meet a, a family, one of the first things that I ask about is the disability tax certificate. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a federal form, Lynn, in which uh, many families with a disability may be entitled to. If approved, it really opens the door to a number of benefits, not the least of which is the disability tax credit. Uh, this is a non-refundable tax credit. So at this stage of the game, 7697 bucks, which can go a long way to helping reduce the taxes that are owing. Mm-hmm. If the person with the disabilities under the age of 18, there's a further supplement of an additional $4,490. Now, a lot of a lot of folks might be thinking, "Gosh, my son or daughter doesn't need anywhere near 76.97 to reduce their taxes to zero. Well, the good thing is that both of these amounts, both the uh, the 7,600 and the 4,490, can be transferred in whole or in part to a supportive family member if it's not required to reduce their taxable income. So. Okay. If you've got a tax deduction of, of in excess of twelve thousand dollars, that that can be sizable. Mm-hmm. Uh, depending upon the nature of the disability, often the government will backdate the form to the date of the the date of sorry to the date of birth, if in fact the disability presented itself at that time. Mm. Um, I've had a number of clients that have then refiled the previous tax returns, and it's not as tough as it sounds to do so, and they received a real uh, a real windfall in tax relief. Wow, that's great. So, one of the uh, best kept secrets here in Canada was the launch of the Registered Disability Savings Plan back in 2007, and uh, it was introduced 
by the now, as of yesterday, the former finance minister, mm-hmm. Jim Flaherty. Uh, Mr. Flaherty understands the world of complicated kids firsthand. He is the dad to triplet. I believe his I believe his boys are all in their early twenties now. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of his sons has a developmental delay following a bout of encephalitis when he was a real toddler. So, Mr. Flaherty really really gets it. Uh, right. So that disability savings plan it uh, it works similar to the to an RESP an education savings plan, uh, and it helps families that have a family member with a disability tax certificate in place to help contribute as much as $200,000 to a plan mm-hmm. in order to provide some financial security for that person's future. And uh, wow. depending upon the contributions that are made, there are grants available of, uh, of as much as an additional $70,000 as well. Wow, that's that's uh, significant. It is significant. It is significant. Uh, once those dollars are there, they grow tax-sheltered, much as the tax-free savings account dollars do. Mm-hmm. And then when the beneficiary withdraws those monies down the road, they don't put in jeopardy any of the existing benefits that that person might be seeing, such as CPP, old age security, or provincial benefits. Okay. Uh, they can simply use those dollars as they see fit. Well, that's great. Right. And and how else can you add value to your clients, Barry? Uh one of the most critical areas where I think I add value is is to help is to remind them of the importance of completing their wills and powers of attorney. Many parents of complicated kids are concerned about who's going to look after their kids after mom and dad are gone. Mm-hmm. I've run across lots of families that say, "You know what? We haven't done our will. We don't. We haven't done our power of attorney. We don't know who we want to look after after our son or daughter." And, and I, I say, "Well, for goodness sakes." Make the decision and make it happen, and put it on paper. Uh, mm-hmm. Get it done, and get some uh, get some advice around that. Uh, another area that I often see that's overlooked is in ensuring that when that will is 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 put in place, ensuring that a a lawyer has a an appropriate Henson trust provision in place. And what this is is a is a trust document. Um, it's a means by which you can help protect your own legacy for your son or daughter while seeing to it that any provincial benefits that your son or daughter is receiving from the from the government don't suddenly come to an end simply because there's money that's now available to them through their parents' estate. Uh, it's it's helping to ensure that that uh, the dollars that you as a husband and wife have worked have worked hard to to hold on to to grow to retain are best used for your son or daughter and uh, not otherwise uh, uh, frittered away because of provincial politics. These are all thought-provoking issues. They all need a good discussion with uh, with your solicitor, and I encourage families to do just that. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that that um, can seem like a formidable thing. Um, planning estates are... Um, you know, can can seem formidable for any family, but I think with those with those added concerns of the, um, you know, considering the the future of that individual after the parents are gone and after they're not there to advocate, I think that is a, um, certainly adds an extra bit of complication as we've been um, talking about. No question, no no question. It certainly is that. 
what I find is that a lot of parents, once they've taken the time to sit down with the solicitor, put it in place, it buys a tremendous amount of peace of mind of knowing that, okay, God forbid if something happens to me or my or my spouse, our son or daughter is looked after. We have and I can I, I can see you being uh you know in a strong role of uh, of guiding people through that um you know making sure that that those uh, issues are all discussed and dealt with too. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Um now I know you offer yourself as a resource for a number of different organizations. Um could you tell us um you know some of the organizations that that you um you know have done some speaking for or, um, you know, just, just have made yourself available to? Well, no question. Because of because of my life experience with Mark, autism is, uh, is near and dear to my heart. Uh, in Mark's case, he was diagnosed through uh, a, a hospital in Toronto, but our initial intake, as I would, as I would call it, was through what was known as, at the time as the Cambridge Association for the Mentally Handicapped, known now as Community Living Cambridge. And so they, they were the ones that held, uh, held our hands as we ran the gamut, walked that path, <laughs> waded through those, those murky waters, as I, as I spoke of. So I feel very indebted to them. So when it comes to speaking engagements and getting involved, uh, I have at different times sat on the board of uh, of different committees of, uh, that work out of community community living Cambridge. Have mm-hmm. spoken with uh, with some of the program the, the program directors from from time to time, uh, and then in, in addition to that, have spoken to a number of the a, a number of fellow parents at uh, parents of and members of support groups for for autism and the like as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, in addition, in addition to, to community living Cambridge, and to uh, the Facile group that you mentioned, I've also sat on the uh, the SEAC committee, the Special Education Advisory Committee, which uh, which is to the to the local board of education in Waterloo in Waterloo mm-hmm. County. Um, those are the sort of things that I really really enjoy and really appreciate having a voice at the table. Yes, and and uh to help advocate for for those individuals and for their families. That's wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah. now you mentioned RESPs um as an is that's an opportunity for for savings for education for all families. Can you tell us a bit about um the RESP? Right. Sorry. I you right I did touch on it but didn't get into any detail. Uh, cost of university d- degree in Canada is getting steeper all the time. Costs have uh, are, are expected when, when they look backwards, expected to have pretty much tripled from 1990 to going ahead to only three years to 2017. Uh, average costs uh, have increased to over $6,500 a year and are expected to climb to in excess of $7,500 in short order. Uh, so. The government recognizes that the old OSEP plan, Ontario, as many people call it, the Ontario Stereo Assistance Plan, has just wasn't enough to get the job done. So education savings were modeled to help encourage subscribers to, to save in a tax-sheltered manner. Contributions to those plans land are made with after-tax dollars, and there's federal grants of as much as 20% on the first $2,500 that's contributed annually, 
with a lifetime contribution of, of as much as $50,000. When those proceeds are then withdrawn to assist post-secondary schooling, uh, the, the growth on the plan and the government grant are taxed at the student's tax rate, which would likely be next to nothing. Uh, low-income families are also encouraged to open a plan. Uh, families who are in receipt of the National Child Benefit would see a $500 lump sum when they open the plan and a further $100 every year that they remain eligible. Mm-hmm. So that that can be a, a powerful contribution to, to education. Most now, certainly. To, Most certainly. Yeah. Um, seems like we've got lots of things to that uh, that we could talk about. We've just got a few minutes left here today, Barry. But um, we've recently just passed the RSP deadline. It's it's come and gone. What if people miss that deadline? Do you have any advice for them? Well, over the years, Lynn, I've seen way too many people that have purchased RSPs based just on that March first deadline. Uh, RSPs are a great investment opportunity that too many people allow to pass them by. The decision to purchase them shouldn't be dictated by that that March deadline, and I'd encourage your listeners, Lynn, to ensure that when they're making an RSP purchase, they're doing so in in conjunction with their financial advisor and a financial plan that takes into account their taxable income, not just now, but as well as the income that they project in their retirement years. Many folks will be in receipt of CPP and OAS benefits and possibly a work pension as well. So I'd encourage them not to uh, not to blindly purchase, but to do so with a retirement plan in place that looks to those various various sources of income. Well, that's great. Um, well, we're, we are um, we are running out of time here now, Barry. Um, thank you very much for being our guest here today and and sharing your insights on this topic. Um, Thank you, Lynn. It was a pleasure. Wonderful. Um, I'd like to remind everyone to tune in next week to hear hear Cheryl Perry um, in our show entitled Checkum. This is the story about the founding of Testicular Cancer Canada. Um, It's Cheryl's story about and the story of her son. Uh, Adam, who lost his life to this disease. So you won't want to miss this show. Uh, Remember, uh, we welcome your comments at Step Right with Lynn, and uh, you can send me an email at lynn at stepright.ca. That's L-Y-N-N at stepright, S-T-E-P-R-I-G-H-T. And fill in the statement, if giving and gratitude are part of your daily life every single day, then. Uh, This is Lynn Webb.